We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here. Uh, it is Wednesday, November 4th. Today, my uh, guest slash co-host is a guy you well know well if you're a RotoWire subscriber. He's Kevin Payne. He's been with us for a really long time. Part of our vast Buffalo Mafia that we have with RotoWire does the free agent article every week for us. Does a lot of DFS, baseball, and football both. Kev, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Yeah, you know, I think I'm up to almost 15 years now with the site. Wow. How long, huh? It has been that long because of my quote unquote other job. Um, I just had my 16 year anniversary and I started at RotoWire. I'm pretty sure a year after I started that job. So, yeah, it was um, one of the smartest moves Chris Liss ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Uh, right off the top, huge news in the NFL Matthew Stafford is. Tested positive for COVID. Remember, this is not the first his first brush with COVID either. He was placed on the COVID nineteen list. Will not play this weekend uh, either. You know, and that's thing. Maybe he didn't test positive this time. Maybe he came in close proximity with someone who did. Uh, but you know, and it might have been a false positive during training camp. Point is, though, we are not going to see him on Sunday against Minnesota. Yeah, and I don't know if this line was already there, but Minnesota opened at two and a half point favorites. They're at four right now, but I got to think that gets taken off the board pretty quickly and adjusted. Um, I'm trying to think how many points do they usually say a non Tom Brady like quarterback is worth? Isn't it worth like two or three points against the spread? I would say even more, but I could be wrong. I mean, all we have to do is look at, uh, for instance, uh, you know, you know, the experience in Dallas is perhaps. One instance there where uh, you, you know where it was bigger than that. I'm pulling up Vegas Insider. They're usually pretty quick to adjust their odds, uh, but it's not off the board there yet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at too. And now they've got it at four, so maybe maybe they're comfortable with that line. Chase Daniel probably not the worst backup to have. Uh, I'm um, sure. It's, yeah. I'm sure you tried to put a bet anywhere and you couldn't get it at that. <laughs> yeah, right now. yeah. I mean, they're really uh, they're usually pretty on top of things there, so I would bet that that's a problem. Uh, but okay, uh, so but that that's huge. So it's going to be Chase Daniel probably as the backup. Uh, David Blow is the other option. Blau, I believe it is. That's right. Because uh, yeah, I, I always wanted to call it Blow because there's so many good puns you can do with that. Oh yeah. But uh, it is Blau. Uh, he played that Thanksgiving game if you recall last year and looked actually okay. Uh, but it, that's I think it's like five to six points is my guess. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's only the Brady level types. Brady and. Yeah, that could be. And they did pull it. I'm looking at the 
DraftKings uh, gambling app right now, and they did pull it from there. So it's definitely off the board for now. Yeah, you're now. Are you allowed uh, to bet in New York on that? Or yeah, you are, aren't you? New York's one of the. We are. Yes. So here's what my options are. We are not doing it via any apps. If I go to Pennsylvania, I can do it via app. I cannot do that here in New York. However, an hour and a half to east of me is Del Lago Casino, which is run by New York State, and they have a DraftKings sports book right inside the casino, which is re- it's really nice. The casino's new, the sports book is new, a lot of TVs. Um, I've eaten there. It's typical bar food that's decent. Um, but then here, here in Buffalo, downtown, there's a casino called Seneca Creek, which is run by the Seneca Native Americans. So they have a casino there. They've got one in the South Town's like an hour and a half away. And then they've got one in Niagara Falls. So at those, they do have sports books in there. And they're run, the kiosks are run by a company called Cambia, K-A-M-B-I-A. And they do the ones for DraftKings. So the lines there are basically the same as what I'll find on the DraftKings app, which is why I'm always pulling it up, because basically those are going to be the odds that I both get if I actually go to the casino. But i got to say within the next year or two, I'd be shocked if we didn't go ahead and have it and be able to do it on on the apps. Um, I've been to Pennsylvania, and it's super easy to do. You can sit there. You can do it live while you're watching the game. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, but um, I've just got to keep things under control a little bit when you're doing that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, it, it's that's the danger is it's so easy to do. Uh, but then again, it's so easy to do and you could be good at it, too. So there is that. And there's so many other things you can do very easily and readily. Um, why not do something like that? But uh, we'll see. Uh, we won't get uh, too, uh, yeah, too much on the advocate trip here, but uh, it'll be uh, that's a big deal there. So I yeah, I, I was I had already picked the Vikings for staff picks. So obviously this move benefits me. Get your bets in early sometimes, folks. It's not always, you know, everyone says, well, why, you know, same thing with fantasy drafts. You know, here's why you draft early. I mean, here's why you don't draft early. Here's why you draft late. Well, unless, of course, you got the bargain baked in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we saw that last week with a lot of those games. Um, Once the weather I knew the weather was going to be a factor. I went and bet the under on Green Bay and was lucky to get it at 50. I think by game time, it w- or 51, I think by game time, it was down to 49 and it ended up at exactly 50. So I kind of lucked out there. But if you kind of know, there's definitely opportunities to take advantage of things like that. If you can kind of go out and do your own research and kind of find out about that stuff ahead of time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, they are already going to be without Kenny Galladay in this game, too. So that's a big deal. Uh, you know, it's Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall. Uh, you know, I was big on Hawkinson going in this week. I thought he was going to get a ton of targets. He got a good chunk last, you know, last week, and now you take away Galladay for the entire game. That that's a really big deal, Kev. Yeah, and Marvin Hall is kind of interesting. I wrote about him for the waiver wire uh, this week. Kind of a big play type of guy who could stretch the field for them. So I was kind of interested in him. Um, you know, Stafford was under center, and uh, Quintez Cephas is also around too. He's a guy that made a splash, a big splash earlier this season. So it will be interesting to see what they do. I mean, common sense to me would be like, why don't you just hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift, sprinkle in some Adrian Peterson, and let them run the ball 30-plus times a game as long as you're staying within one score. I think that that would kind of be the blank game plan that I would go with if I was Matt Patricia. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on that. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, we'll, we'll get a good view, you know, good idea. We'll, we'll see if they maybe use Swift a little bit more. You know, Swift was a big disappointment last week. Some of that is because he wasn't on the field uh, for pass blocking purposes. You saw a lot of uh, on Johnson. Matt Patricia has been talking up his pass pass pro abilities. Uh, one of the best pass, pass blockers as a running back in the whole entire league, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a typical Patricia talk there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Swift is still the guy that you want to own. Um, I think I was a little bit higher on him than like a guy like Cam Akers, who is, we've kind of seen what's going on with him there. And um, now that he's, he might get an opportunity if Henderson's thigh injury proves to be something, but they're on by this week. And he, very good chance that Henderson will be back um, in a couple of weeks. But Swift, I still think there's a lot of upside. I still think it's not a bad time if you can buy low on him to try to do so. But I also think that at this point, if you're his owner and you've held on to him this long, it's going to have to be a pretty good offer for you to go ahead and let him go. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, So the other uh, big COVID news today was Kendrick Bourne for the Niners. They play tomorrow. And 
you know, Packers already had some uh, COVID issues too. AJ Dillon, you know, Jamal Williams having to sit out because of close contact with Dillon. Uh, you know that that game was already hard enough to try to figure out. Now we got to figure out the, the Niner side of it uh, in conjunction with all their injuries. Uh, what a mess! It is. And um, did List like make the joke today? He should be called Kendrick Airborne because that's how. Ooh, like, oh no, he did not. He'll be jealous that you thought of that first. <laughs> At first, um, it's it's yeah. that he he couldn't identify a pun with the word "born" in it. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, but airborne is is how I would call uh, Kendrick right now. Um, You know, look, the 49ers are an enigma to me. Sometimes they look like they can beat anybody in the league and other times they've looked absolutely horrible. Um, Everybody, you know, is kind of saying is Jimmy Garoppolo really the future quarterback of this franchise? And I think it's fair to go ahead and question that just based upon what we've seen him play so far this season. Um, Brandon, I absolutely loved him, talked him up. I wrote about him in my uh, sports betting article. I think last week just knowing that Debo Samuel was going to be out that he was going to get a ton of work um talked about him for fan duel purposes he was in my lineups even in cash um games so I, I guess Trent Taylor is the next guy up I mean it wouldn't surprise me and if I had a wager on it I would say that I think this game tomorrow gets at least moved back um if not postponed for who knows how long so I'm I don't like the chances of this game even to uh, get played but I guess Trent Taylor might be the guy you take a look at if you're looking for somebody to replace Borner the guy that's going to basically be your second receiving option especially now that George Kittle's out as well yeah uh out and diagnosis confirmed uh, today that it was a fractured cuboid bone in his foot uh placed on the IR yesterday it's eight weeks you know, I, we we had a question. Uh, Matt Leahy asks, uh, "Do you any reason to hold on to Kittle?" Would be say if you're in the NFFC, it's uh, if it's an eight week diagnosis and we're in week nine, that would mean that you're not going to get him the rest of this year, and you may get him for week sixteen. You may get him for like your fantasy Super Bowl, but man, it's tough. It's maybe may, may you wait two weeks just to kind of confirm. But I know it's sometimes tough to find a cut. Yeah, and um, although the rosters are pretty deep for the bench there, I would, I would, that's what I would do. I would wait a week or two. But if we don't see any good news in seven days, um, I'd be, I'd just go ahead and cut them. I don't think we'll see them again this season. Especially, I guess a lot depends on whether or not what type of position the 49ers are in as far as making the playoffs that might have a little bit of an impact on it as well but i really i mean you got to think this is at least six weeks so give it a week or two but at that point if he's you know good news i would go ahead and cut bait with him yeah looking at this depth chart for the niners i mean you might get jordan reed back this week but no samuel no born you know richie james is questionable the only two that receivers that aren't on the list at all or Ayuk and Taylor, uh, as far as the injury list, you might get Richie James. You could get uh, a lot of Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner, and Jordan Reed. I think you're going to see a lot of McKinnon, but they only have two running backs too. They got to be like, there's got to be someone on their practice squad that they're going to activate. Uh, am I missing someone? No. And here's the weird thing. Cause I got to ask a lot of lineup questions about Jarek McKinnon over the last two weeks, because he was in a good spot for both of those games. Think about the Jeff Wilson game in new England. I really thought McKinnon was going to get some work. And then after the game, Shanahan comes out and goes, well, I thought I should rest him. So that made me think, okay, well, it's going to be a full go this week. Tevin Coleman's coming back. They'll probably want to ease him back into the workload. I don't think Jermichael Hasty's going to do that much. I mean, technically, in my mind, McKinnon should be ahead of Hasty on the depth chart, but they went with Jermichael Hasty, and then Coleman ended up getting hurt, and we still really didn't see a lot of McKinnon. So I don't know what's going on with that situation. I don't know if he's banged up. I don't know if they just don't think, you know, it could be pass protection. It could be, you know, he's. Um, you know, uh, missing up, you know, not holding on to the football when they're passing to him, but something's definitely going on that uh, there that he's not getting the touches. At least we haven't seen them the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Here's what I saw in the Seattle game. Uh, McKinnon was the guy that was getting the, the targets in the two minute drill in the, in the garbage time, if you will, uh, where, you know, this hurry up offense, he was the guy that was in there. Then I think they do trust him more in the passing game than Hasey, but I think Hasey's the better runner. Uh, I, Here's, I mean, I, I think you'll see a lot of use check actually too. I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I think they'll probably go with the fullback a lot. Uh, maybe line up McKinnon in the slot frequently. I think maybe have him line up as a receiver more often. They're just so thin; it's hard for them to even like. They they can't even really run an eleven formation right now if if James doesn't play. That's how crazy it is for them. 
Yeah, and I wonder if we see Ayuk get involved a little bit. Ayuk get a little bit involved more in the running game as well. Yeah. Remember earlier this season, he had a, um, a couple of rushes. So maybe they go ahead and, tr- and start to do some stuff with him, kind of like we saw Dallas doing all those trick reverses and whatnot. Maybe they go ahead and try to get Ayuk um, a little bit more involved in the run game. Yeah. Well, this was the worst week for the Niners to have all these problems with the short week, too, especially with the COVID intake rules. You want to sign someone off the street? Well, six days. Good luck. You can't bring anybody in. So maybe there's someone on the squad. I don't practice squad. I don't know about yet. But it's interesting that they waive somebody this week, too. Uh, they, they cut bait. And that that's the, the, the thing that's so crazy is the timing of that. Yeah, it was, as you said, it's, it's, and it's been a horrible year Sorry. for them. It, it's been tougher. <laughs> I'm sure Scott Jenstead has not uh, has had a few sleepless nights being a 49ers fan this season. And as you said, you know, the short week. The interesting thing, though, is if they do push this game back, maybe that helps them get a little bit healthier. But then it helps the Green Bay running back situation as well. You might get Aaron Jones back. Mm-hmm. I actually think I feel like his injury is the type that if this was a playoff week or if even last Sunday was a playoff game, he would have been out there. I think they're just kind of being really cautious with him, hoping that they're going to make a Super Bowl run and want him to be healthy and fresh when it comes when that time comes. So it'll be interesting to see for both sides on this uh, game exactly who's active tomorrow night, if they play tomorrow night, and then possibly we might get back some more players if it gets pushed back to Sunday or even Monday. Yeah, uh, maybe so. Uh, and now, let me ask you this. On the Green Bay side of things, Irvin or Dexter Williams, who do you like better? I guess Irvin, um, just because that Williams got called up from the practice squad, right? Whereas Irvin was already with the team, I think. Yes. Um, so I guess if you're already with the team, although a lot of times with players, that's because they're playing special teams, which I know Irvin does. So maybe that's why he's there. And maybe they'll think that Williams is more of a, a you know, early down in between the tackles type of runner. Maybe he'll get more touches. Um, but I, I ultimately think that Jones tries to stick it out this week um, and that he should get most of the work if he's going to be active. They've got him list, officially listed today as questionable. So I guess if I had to pick one of the backups, it would be Irvin, but again, I think we might go ahead and see Aaron Jones return to the field this week. Yeah, and yeah, and like you said, if they push it back another day, that would that would behoove that. You know, yeah, it's funny. I picked up Irvin a few places. There are PPR leagues. I, I you wouldn't use Irvin in a standard league. He's got like twelve carries over six years in his career. He's clearly, you know, a small guy. He's you know he's he's a pass catching type of back. Uh, and Williams is like two fifteen, so he's a bit better between the tackles sort of guy. At least. When he was weighed at one point in time coming out of Notre Dame as a six-round pick, he was 215. Now, I don't know. If, yeah. you know that, that's the thing. Our, we have heights and weights on the site, but I don't think that gets updated each year. Yeah, and if I remember back watching Notre Dame games, he was pretty darn effective um, for the Fighting Irish. So maybe he is the guy that gets the early down work. But again, as I said, I really do think that they go ahead and try to get Aaron Jones back. I think we might have seen Jones sit out another week if Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon were okay. But I think given kind of their situation, they might go ahead and, and try to get him back on the field. Sure. That makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. Uh, and before we get into more free agents, uh, quick, we're going to share a quick note, but Kevin does our free agents article uh, that you can read on Rotowire. comes out, uh, what's it, Monday, Kevin? Uh, yeah, usually it's up either late Monday night or first thing Tuesday morning. I've been trying to get it done Monday night, but the problem there is then something happens in the Monday night game right. or we get um, some new news. Like uh, the last week it was Pete Carroll coming out and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, Carlos Hyde has a thigh injury. Um, we're going to keep an eye on that this week. That came out on Monday late. So then I've got to kind of try to adjust and people are going well, why didn't you bring up this guy? Well, what about this guy? You didn't mention this guy. So I try to get it done Monday night, and usually Thornbury posts it first thing Tuesday morning, but sometimes it's uh, Thornbury gets around to posting it uh, late Monday night. Yeah, and it's awfully handy because like during our show, we'll refer to it a lot uh, as for Free Agent Tuesday on SiriusXM. Uh, so before we get into some of the other guys on that list, quick note. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use ProSwap. You can always use. Uh, you can always find the best code on ProSwap because you're buying directly from other betters uh, like yourself. So you can get those better odds. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Submit a bid uh, for a price for you th- what you think is fair. Then buy it. ProSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to five hundred dollars in bonus cash. Just use promo code Roto five hundred. That's promo code. 
ROTO500 and ProSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to ProSwap.com or download the ProSwap app. I'm Jeff Erickson here uh, along with Kevin Payne. Kev, let's look at uh, this week's free agents. Uh, you know, it's, it wasn't the thickest group of uh, free agents this week, but uh, we can find some value in there. Who do you like at quarterback this week? Yeah, the guy I wrote about and started with was Drew Locke. And it's not me thinking Drew Locke's, you know, this breakout candidate guy that's going to, you know, be a top five player at the position for the rest of the season, but it's the matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we were talking about teams getting hit heavily with the injury bug. And I mean, it just happened to the Falcons since the beginning of the year, they've been, they are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks on the season. Um, Locke was out there in most leagues. So I actually think he's worth considering this week. When you look at the fact that there's four teams on by who have legitimate quarterbacks, the Bengals, Browns, uh, the Rams, and the Eagles. Um, so you might have a guy there. You might have lost Minshew. You might have lost um, Jimmy G. So if I'm going to go out there and looking, and it's Drew Locke or Nick Mullins or Jake Luton, I'm going to go ahead and go with Drew Locke. So, and he'll probably be in a couple of my DFS lineups for GPPs this weekend just because I think there is some upside there. Um, he's got some good receivers. Obviously, losing Judy is terrible but he's still got some options there albert o his old college teammate they've had a good rapport i, I remember him getting banged up towards the end of that game um, when they came back and won uh noah fonts there so i think that drew lock is definitely worth considering starting um is he top 10 this week he's right around there i think um top 10 top 12 ish just again based on this great matchup against the atlanta falcons i might be a little bearish at, tw- at 15 but it's like Although I'm going to move him ahead of obviously Stafford goes down, so that's one spot. Yeah, another one. Yep. Uh, you know the thing is, you know, I, I had Locke last week in a super, I mean, a super flex league, which was super nice. And Judy's fine. Jerry Judy's fine. He lost right. It's Patrick that was out last week. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Of. I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Got me nervous that I missed some big breaking news. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that was just me getting him confused. Yeah, uh, but. It was nice, you know. That for a while it looked like I was going to get a squat, but I had uh, Kyler Murray out last week, so he was a perfect feeling. I have Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, so unfortunately I can't use Locke this week in that league because I mean, first world problem. And yes, it's me yeah. bragging about a good team, so yeah, deal with it. But anyways, um, it he is he, it is a good setup there, and Atlanta's played better defensively since Dan Quinn got fired, but I still like the matchup. I still think it's pretty solid. Do you, and I was wondering this, and I think that Liz has kind of alluded to this before I've heard you guys talk about this. I wonder if there's something against taking teams the week after a coach is fired, if that somehow fires them up, or you've got new coaches with different ideas and that are seeing what's working right and what's working wrong. I really believe, and as soon as I said, very next week, as soon as uh, Quinn got fired, I was like, I'm definitely taking the Falcons no matter who they're playing this week, no matter what the spread is. I'm just, I'm not sure. And I I did actually look for a few minutes one day to see if there's any statistical data to back that up, but I really didn't find any. Um, But I'd I'd be curious to know the answer to that. The dead cat bounce theory. Yeah. Well, I I think some of it. Okay. A is the coach been there a long time. B is he hated. And you know, that applies definitely to O'Brien. You know, I don't know if Quinn was hated so much, but they definitely responded. I mean, they they definitely have played well. I mean, and the thing is, they it, was there is like their compelling reason to get you know is it not is it just a matter of them playing badly or is there other things that went wrong you know? And in the case of Atlanta, well, there's these soul crushing collapses that they had. Okay, okay, we can get behind that a little bit there. Yeah, I'd be curious next year to see what their over under total for wins is on the season because right now I'd be inclined to take the over just given the fact that they could easily have two or three more wins. I mean, that's not you know, stretching the imagination that they could have a completely different record right now. If a, a player two goes the different ways, thinking about like the Todd Gurley play and they could easily have a few more wins. Yeah, they could. Uh, I feel bad for Gurley. Cause you know, I, they, they actually did say don't score, don't score, but they didn't really, I mean, they would have gotten a first down and then try to run it down to the very end, but you know, they had just taken a knee and not run a play at all. That also would have been sufficient. That would have done the trick. You know, because yeah. then they had they only, the Lions would only had twenty seconds to run down the length of the field. That wasn't enough, anyhow. 
Yeah, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody made a good point. I apologize for not giving them credit for this, but the one defender tried to tackle him. He was supposed to let him go and tried to tackle him, and you got to wonder instinctively if Gurley was like, man, I broke that tackle, I should keep yep. going, if that's what he was thinking. So I wonder if that kind of screwed him up as well. Sure, the adrenaline. I mean, the thing is, it, it was, it was a, he had to try to middle it, you know, between, you know, just, you know, he had to do both, two things. He had to try to get the first down and then still stop. I mean, that's... It's tough to shut it down. It's it's completely against instinct. So yeah, it's like, it's like when we say criticize guys for not intercepting a pass and just batting it down on fourth down. Same thing. The instinct takes over. Um, plus, in that case, they don't mind padding their stats for when they go back to rework a contract or whatever. So um, it's the same thing as that. Like you see people make interceptions when they should just bat the ball down on fourth down, cost their team yardage, or or at the end of the game, there's no reason you're risking fumbling it. So it's the same type of a thing, I think. Yeah, it is. All right, let's move on to running back. We talked a little bit about the uh, the Packers running backs and what a nightmare that is. But there's other nightmares. Let's talk a little bit about the Colts. What's your take on Jonathan Taylor? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I went and looked this week because I'm like, has he really been that bad this season? And from what I could see, the numbers-wise, he has. He's averaging less than four yards a carry. Um I don't know. And I think the big thing and kind of the consensus that's starting to form with him is he's not, his vision isn't there. He's not finding the holes and going where he should be. And I, if you think back to when he was at Wisconsin, I mean, he had a lot of big holes you could drive a truck through. He had some right. big offensive linemen who sprung him for some very big gains while he was there. And obviously he's got the speed that once he gets to the second level, he was gone. And, you know, I really, as I said, I do believe that Frank Reich is the type of coach that's going to go ahead and play the hot hand, play the guy who's producing, because at the end of the day, his job is to win football games. It is not to build confidence in his rookie or do, you know, automatically give him carries because he was such a high pick for the team. So it would not surprise me if going forward, we see a lot more of Jordan Wilkins, um, Naheem Hines, you know, he'll be out there on passing downs, no matter who it is, I think on the early downs. And uh, it's just, it's going to be a much tougher match matchup this week going up against the Ravens. So I'm kind of hesitant to use any of those three guys, just given the fact of the matchup and kind of the uncertainty is I know it's probably the phrase you've coined is like, it's really tough to read the tea leaves and try to figure out exactly who's going to go ahead and get those touches. Right. Uh, so Jordan Wilkins is available in almost every league. Are you going after him? Um, I am not super aggressively. I think I put down like roughly maybe 10, 15% of your fab budget. Um, so that's not, I don't think that's super aggressive, but, uh, we could see, I mean, if he's going to get 15 to 20 touches each and every week, he could be valuable. And we've seen the running backs. I mean, we're just talking about all these situations that are, are messy. Even when the players are healthy, at least if he gets that consistent work, uh, he could prove to be pretty valuable. Yeah. Aaron Jones, officially questionable. If they, if we get some sort of weird, some sort of some, somehow weirdly, we get certainty that he's not playing. Packers backs, one of those two, or Jordan Wilkins? Jordan Wilkins. Um, Yeah, that's uh, matchups are completely different, though. That's the only thing there. If we got some sort of definitive work, maybe I would even go with Dexter Williams and go and and, because you know that uh, Rodgers isn't going to be. be afraid to hand off the ball when he gets down in the end zone near the end zone. And uh, the way they've been just going to Devonte Adams, even at the goal line these last few weeks is unbelievable. So you got to know that the 49ers are going to be ready for that. And that if they're going to go ahead and cheat that way, Rogers will have no, um, no problem handing off the ball. So maybe Dexter Williams, maybe we get some more clarification in the next 24 hours, exactly how that is going to shake out for uh, both teams. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, we have our you know, in most leagues we got to have to we have to do our bidding now, like tonight, or we had to do it last night. You know, stake league and Vegas league we got till uh, till Thursday afternoon, so maybe we'll have more clarity for that for then. But uh, you know, those are those are the main ones I was looking at, at least among running backs. Uh, you know, it's tough finding running backs. Troy Main Pope. I know someone that has to start Troy Main Pope this week. Uh, my producer Bennett Carroll on SiriusXM's got a league where it's hyper deep. And so he's got to start him and like Tyler Irvin or something like that. Uh, and Pope's in the concussion protocol. It, and that's true. That's right. And so at least they go till Sunday. But you know that, yep. that's on. You know, yeah, you know, we're getting all this stuff, and it's so funny. You have the first wave of news, and you're like, okay, this is bad, but okay, we'll move on from that. And then we get second wave of news, like the Lions, not just the Stafford news. You know, 
also Hawkinson is listed as is now listed as questionable as well. He's dealing with a toe injury. Now, I was he was my number two tight end this week. Now I have to reconsider, and I have like a league where I may have to decide. You know, I have him and Mark Andrews. I, I'm going to start Andrews, I guess. Uh, but I was going to probably start both of them though. I was going to use Hawkinson as a flex. Now I may not be able to do that. Yeah, and Andrews. I mean, that's a tough matchup. Indianapolis defense. Is for real. They've yeah. been actually been, I think, one of the better surprises as far as defenses go. Great so linebackers, and that that's yeah. bad news for tight ends. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but it's it's like we get all this information, try to process it, then I answer a million questions, and I feel terrible if I get something wrong. But at the same time, it's really it, it's been such a weird year, and we say that each and every year, and for one reason or another, it is. But it's just been such a strange year, generally speaking, and trying to figure out who to start, who not to start, who's going to get the opportunity. And usually by the time the games roll around, it goes, it can go completely opposite of whatever you were thinking. So, uh, yeah, it's just been uh, uh, tough to go ahead and, as I said, kind of prognosticate and figure out who's going to get what work. Yeah, that's right. Let's look at wide receivers for this week. A couple of them that jump to mind. Play them, you know. You know, Jacoby Myers is one that we can look at here for the Pats. Uh, got ten targets last week. I think some of that is the uh, corner matchup that the Pats had last week. You know, I, I get. I don't think Myers was uh, covered by Tre'Davious White that often. Uh, you're you're my one of my Bills guys. What do you think about that? Was is that? Yeah, I, yeah. I think he was on Bird more than he was on Myers, and technically Bird was listed as ha- ahead of him um, on the depth chart, so he was kind of considered the number one guy. Although. Uh, Tredavious White usually plays on the right side of the defense a lot, um, so he may have, that may have just been a matchup deal. And if uh, Myers was lined up on the other side, but I actually think that Myers is probably better than Bird, and he got ten targets. They play the Jets this week. I don't mind throwing a few bucks at him. And at the end of the day, Cam Newton's going to come out and throw for. 200 yards, maybe a little bit less, maybe 180, 190. But somebody's got to catch those passes and get those yards. So why not Myers? Um, Technically, I mean, you could say at worst he's the 1B guy, but he's probably the number one guy. So, again, not a bad matchup. I think we're all going to be groaning and and complaining Monday night when we're all on social media about what a horrible game this is. But nonetheless, there will be some fantasy relevance that comes out of it. So it should mean something to us. Yeah, And if the Pats can't roll – then you know they're really broken this year. Yes, they are. And I actually picked the Jets. I think the Jets win this game outright. I think as long as, they, as long as they can keep this score close. That's my headline. I think that in when the second podcast, it's going to be Kevin Payne picks the Jets outright. Picks the Jets outright. I think if this game stays close and they can kind of smell the blood in the water late in the game, I think that they're going to be more voted, a lot more motivated to win than the Patriots will be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I see it. I think the Pats roll, but we'll see. Uh, I actually have Newton like 12 in my rankings this week. I don't think he's broken beyond repair. We'll see. But uh, that, that's one that, uh, that that's definitely a separator, that's for sure. Uh, Alan Lazard could come back, although a short week. I always think that it's unlikely guys from long-term injuries come back in short weeks, but we do know we need we do know that the Packers need another good wideout option and Equinemius St. Brown ain't covering it. We know that. No, neither is uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who I thought there was like there's going to be an opportunity for him to kind of establish himself as the number two guy. You know they're not seeing great coverage because everybody's focused on stopping Devontae Adams, but he couldn't do that. Now Lazard had that one monster game. It kind of showed that he can be that second guy. He's capable of doing it. So as long as he's completely healthy, I'm very curious to see what he can do. Even if he's not back this week, you you probably can throw him on your bench. You probably got a dead spot on your bench where Lazard has higher upside than whoever that guy is sitting on your bench. So go get him now because once he comes back, like I wrote about Jalen Rieger, I was writing about him the last few weeks saying get him now because when he comes back, the cost is going to go up tenfold. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. And so uh, Lazard, if he comes back, I, I think he can go ahead and make an impact for this team. Maybe a little telling, too, that they I we don't know for sure, but it didn't seem like they were pressing to go out in the trade market and find a wide receiver. So maybe they are confident that Lazard can go ahead and fill that number two wide, res, uh, uh, wide receiver spot. Yeah, uh, that, that's yeah, maybe that's right. Or they're just cheap and they're following what they did at the draft table. Too. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't we don't need to do sell out for this year. We're going to go. Think of the 
long-term future here with guys in the first, second, and third round that aren't going to make an impact this year. Well, A.J. Dillon indirectly made his impact, that's for sure. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> How did Aaron Jones not get it? it was it, was Aaron Jones lucky he was hurt and not hanging out with those guys or else he would have gotten it too? Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. He's been a little bit banged up. He was uh hanging out with the he he was hanging out with the Bills tight ends uh minus Tyler Croft who had, you know, <laughs> lucky enough to have the uh, baby sh- baby shower there. Who knows. But uh you know, it, it's it's wild how that's become a bigger issue every week. You know, I mean, it was a big issue when the Titans had their outbreak, but we're seeing more teams have positive cases. It seems like they're compartmentalizing better now. Uh, so, but you know, it, it's every day. It seems like there's a new case. Yeah, um, I did, they should go to the NBA and ask them what they did. I mean, I know what they did with the bubble, and that's yeah. not realistic. But I mean, kudos—they didn't have a single case, despite guys, you know, maybe making a venture out to the local dancing club for hot wings or whatever. I and mean, that's the only reason I would go to one of those places would be just for the hot wings. Right. Uh, but uh, they were able to get do it, and uh, the NFL's just got to continue to be careful. Now, and I don't know, maybe you know the answer to this, Jeff, but. It is my understanding, this is confusing to me, that the players get tested on Sunday before the games, but then don't find out till Monday whether they tested positive or not. Is, 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 isn't that like a little bit backwards? It seems like it, but unless like they're testing every day. And it just okay. happened to be that they tested that morning. I don't, I don't know if they test Saturdays or not. Uh, that, that, is, that is a real legitimate question. I know, like in the case of, a, uh, not Dylan, uh, but Marlon Humphreys. So he, they sent last Wednesday... He he was he had a cold. They sent him home. They tested him. Tested negative Thursday. Tested negative Friday. Was back at it. You know they said it was they said it was a non-COVID illness. And then the Sunday morning test was administered and came back either Sunday evening or Monday morning and said that he was positive. And he played every snap. Yeah. There's there's no one. You know somehow the Ravens don't have the same sort of sequestration problem that the uh, Packers do. Yeah. No. I. It's just. This whole thing has changed the game. I mean, the only thing we can hope is that there's a vaccine at some point and then things kind of go, hopefully, quote, go back to quote unquote normal for next season. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's kind of like Revis. He was on Humphreys Island and therefore no one else got exposed. But uh, anyways, uh, who knows? Uh, before we move on uh, and talk a little Bill's talk, we got a little bit more uh, business to attend to here. So let, let's hear what BetMGM has to say. Football is back. And new customers at BetMGM Sports can kick the season off, or kick the week nine off, I should say, with a 100% deposit match up to $500. Simply sign up, make a deposit with the bonus code ROTOWIRE to take advantage of this offer. There has never been a better time to get in on the action at BetMGM with parlay bonus payouts, live betting, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. Don't let one minute of the NFL season pass you by. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code ROTOWIRE to double your betting bankroll with a uh, 100% deposit match up to $500. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Kevin Payne. We're talking uh, week nine. We're talking about uh, free agents. And now let's talk a little Buffalo Bills. You're, you're one of the uh, Bills Mafia guys, along with uh, you know Tim Schuler. Mark Stopa has done a lot of work with us. You guys are Bills Mafia as well. Uh, big expectations this year. Good start, and it's kind of been tepid lately. It has, and um, I pointed this out in staff picks this week, uh, which will be up later on the site, that the Bills are 6-2, and two, and they have a negative one point differential. That is a tough feat to accomplish, to yeah. win six games, lose only two, but have that. And obviously the blowout in Tennessee, which I could see coming a mile away, um, had a lot to do has a lot to do with the point differential, but they seem to play to the team's level that they're playing against. So like you were saying, maybe the Patriots are truly broken. 
the Bills should have been, if the Bills were a good, legitimate top five team, they would have beat the Patriots by double-digit points. They let the Jets stay in both times that they've played against them. Um, Miami had a chance to win against them. They haven't blown anybody out. And I think if you're a good, legitimate, elite team in this league, you take care of business when you're playing these weaker teams. And the AFC is not, the AFC East is one of the weaker divisions in all of football. So I've been a little bit upset. They have not been able to stop the run. The good news is they did get a little bit healthier on defense. Uh, Trey White missed a game. Levi Wallace, who plays on the opposite side of Trey White, he was out and missed multiple weeks. So having those guys back is good. The problem is, though, the Bills haven't been able to stop the run. And kind of the uh, downshift from Matt Milano to A.J. Klein is pretty drastic. Uh, Matt Milano is a much better player. Klein, every time I see him, I swear somebody's breaking a tackle and running away from him. So that's kind of been the problem for me is that the defense has not lived up. And it's a weird thing to say because in the past years, the offense was the problem. The defense in the past 20 years has been solid many years. Now the offense is good and the defense is kind of where a lot of the question marks are. And it's kind of weird because Sean McDermott came here from being a a defensive coordinator and a defensive minded head football coach. So they got to get this defense righted if they plan on going ahead and um, not only making the playoffs, which I think obviously they will. But if they want to go ahead and do it and make a run to the Super Bowl or make a run to the AFC championship game, they've got to figure some things out on defense. Yeah, they do. Uh, they really do. And, you know, someone that kind of invested in the, uh, the the defense of the Bills in some places, I was kind of disappointed. You know, like, okay, you know, they, they, they okay, yeah, you beat the Jets. You're supposed to beat the Jets. You know, they, they've had, they've also kind of had good schedule, too. And, you know, that's the thing. You kind of look to see, like, well, yeah, when they face the Chiefs, when they face the Titans, they face legitimate real defenses, they kind of got exposed. I mean, legitimate real offenses, excuse me. Uh, they they kind of got exposed, and that was the case. Now we'll see uh, this uh, this coming week. Um, I, I the other thing is Josh Allen. You know, after such a great start, has he been solved? What's going on with him? Why are they why are they so tepid in their results? He hasn't gotten a lot of time the last couple of games to sit back and throw the ball. Um, I, his arm is unbelievable. I, it would not surprise me. I know there's a lot of you know him and. Ma- Mahomes who can throw the ball farthest I would put my money on Josh Allen because he is a big strong guy um some of the throws he's made this year and he doesn't have his feet set and he's just flicking the ball and his accuracy has gotten better but I don't feel like he's been getting a lot of time to throw the football as of late now uh, a couple things help John Feliciano He's back. Uh, Mitch Morse left. He was in the concussion protocol. He might be back this week as their starting center. So what I saw last week out of those guys with Feliciano back, they were opening up some huge holes. That's why Zach Moss put up some great numbers is you could drive a car through some of the holes that they were opening up. It was very obvious. He just had to follow the blocks. Um, so, but they got to be a little bit better, I think, in pass protection. And then I think that will help Josh Allen. And I'll tell you right now, the last season and a half i would say i've been a little bit skeptical of allen and if he would take that next step and obviously the bills did everything they could bringing in um gabriel davis bringing in obviously stefan Diggs, and i think Diggs absolutely loves allen because allen he knows he's going to get a lot of targets from allen and allen delivers a, a a good pat tight spiral when he's accurate. Um, so uh, yeah, I just think he needs a little bit more time. I think he will write the ship and I do believe in Josh Allen now. And I, I was probably wrong to doubt him for as long as I did, but I, I think they'll get things figured out. This, what scares me though, right now is to look at their schedule. Their schedule has been soft to this point outside of Kansas city, outside of Tennessee. They've got the NFC West, the only division in all of football where everybody's got a positive point differential. So you've got Seattle. Then they got to go to Arizona next week and play that late game and travel basically across the country i'll be honest as a fan if we go into the bye week which is week 11 and they're seven and three meaning they split the they win one of the next two games i think i would take that and run and be happy with that yeah uh i i I would be too and then you know after the bye you get the chargers and who knows what version of them shows up uh then at the niners and they'll have like seven players left so that should be good uh (laughs) You know, you got that going for you. But then the Steelers still coming up. Steelers are going to be tough, too. Yep. At New England, still on there. At Denver. So going on the road a lot. And 
the schedule's not very favorable for them from here on out. I mean, you may be looking at them, you know, playing 500 ball the rest of the way from here on out. Um, but I, you know, I got to think right now them winning the AFC East is, is kind of a foregone conclusion, just given we haven't seen a lot out of new England and that Miami's going in and, Going with Tua now, I thought they had a chance to make the playoffs with Fitzpatrick. I think there's going to be a few bumps in the road for Tua along the way for the rest of the season. So I don't think that they're a real challenger. So, But we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. I, I think Miami might be your bigger challenger. Uh, I think they have the defense, which is weird to say, but especially considering they had that shootout against the Bills in Week 2. But they, they've kind of tightened things up defensively. Uh, and they made life hell on Jared Goff last week. Uh, they, they made life hell on the Niners in Week 5. I think this defense, I think Brian Flores is a legit coach, too. I think he knows what he's yeah. doing. Oh, absolutely. Now, I'll tell you how you know he's a legit coach is that team showed up at the end of the last season when they had nothing right. to play for. Yep. Each and every game. Remember, they went into New England and beat the Patriots. Changed and the playoffs. Yep, that team is always prepared, and that's a sign of good coaching. So I think, I, I wish Brian Flores wasn't in our division. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's yeah. They played hard. That's the thing, and we always say this, and it sometimes sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Players and coaches don't tank. Front offices tank. Owners tank. But yeah, you know, players and coaches, that's not that's not their job. Everybody's watching every play. You're playing for your next job. Sometimes you're coaching for your next job. Uh, yeah, he got them playing hard at the end of the season last year. It wasn't just the uh, just the New England game, although that was a big clincher. But you know they played some. They played hard against the Eagles. Remember that comeback against the Eagles that they had uh, was wild. Uh, you know they they uh, they've done some things right, and you know they added a lot to the defense in the off season, uh, both on free agency and in the draft, and it's it's bearing fruit. Yeah, and I got a lot of questions this week and last week about Tua. I think Tua is going to be just fine. Uh, home against the Rams. Against the Rams, I should play, say, is not the way you want to start your professional career. That is a tough defense. Yeah. You know you're going to have Aaron Donald um, you know, on top of you all day. You know Jalen Ramsey's probably going to take away your number one wide receiver. So uh, I think going forward, though, schedule is much more favorable. Um, they've got the Cardinals this week, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals, Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, Bills. That's a pretty decent schedule. So I think that we're going to see Tua develop. And um, don't sprinkle him in in a few DFS contests and some bigger GPPs. You know, he could go ahead and have a great game. And, and that might be the differences that you have, Tua, on your roster. As I said, schedule gets much better. I think we're going to see a much more fantasy productive player for the rest of the season. What do you think out of him this week at, at Arizona, though? I do like that because I'm trying to remember. I remember looking last week. I didn't look now, but as far as fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, I think the Cardinals are in the bottom half of the league. I thought I looked it up, and after the Rams, the next five teams they faced um, give up a lot of fantasy points to the opposing quarterbacks. So I don't mind that matchup whatsoever this week. Um, unfortunately, the Cardinals have had a week to kind of rest and prepare and get a little bit out there. But I think that um, I think he'll be okay with them. I'm, I'm curious. I have him in a lot of two quarterback leagues. And I took him with the idea, knowing that at some point he was going to take over. So I was willing to go out and, and out of a $200 budget during our uh, drafts, I would throw five or $6 at Tua, knowing that I, that would give me a third quarterback for bye weeks that he would probably, once the bye week started rolling around, he could definitely have the starting job and I could go ahead and play him in. So I, I'm, I'm very bullish on Tua, I think more so than the average person. Yeah. And you know you don't want to kind of judge too much on the on one start, especially against the Rams. So I, that makes sense. I could buy into that a little bit there. Uh, Patrick Peterson will obviously be a problem. You know, Devontae Parker is cleared from the injury list today, so he had some limited snaps in that game against the Rams, and the, and the game flow was just all weird. The one thing I don't like is the running back situation now in Miami. Uh, Miles Gaskin is out for at least three weeks. Uh, and you know Matt Breida didn't even practice today. DeAndre Washington won't be eligible to play, I don't think yet, uh, nope. because you need six days to uh, with your new team. So I think he's one day. He'll be one day off. So it's you're looking at Jordan Howard and Andrew Laird. I mean Patrick Laird. Just kidding, Andrew Laird. Uh, it's not very deep. No, and I think I wonder if the Breida injury doesn't seem to be that big. I think it's he's going to be the guy. I really do. Um, Jordan Howard, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, 
not even getting any work these days. Um, and they brought him in to, to get those touches. So it's kind of odd, but I do believe it's going to be Brita. I think that the injury is something small. I think they're just trying to keep him fresh because they're going to anticipate him having a workload, a big workload. So Brita would still be the guy that I would tar- uh, target if your waiver wire hasn't run yet. All right. Uh, I, I do like Brita too, but I want to know more about his health. Uh, but you have to decide now sometimes. Uh, but that, that's the tough part. Uh, Kev, any other angles for uh, Week 9 that you like? I know you do a DFS column for us. Uh, give me uh, one, one game that you like. <laughs> well, I'll give you a few games I like, and I but I usually tend to be contrarian. It's just kind of my nature. I, I literally wrote this up for um, for the staff picks that I threw up in my mouth a little when I made the picks because I took the Giants, I took the Jets, I took the Falcons, and I took the Cowboys. Now, maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment, yeah. but I – I think that some of those teams, like, they're going to surprise. Like, nobody thought that the Giants would cover um, the other night, and sure enough, they did, and pretty easily covered at that. So, um, and you probably should have won that game. And you don't have that strip. Uh, the ball doesn't get stripped, and they, the Eagles don't return for a touchdown. Then Dallas probably covers Sunday night as well. So, um, I'm a little bit contrarian, but those would kind of be the games that I would take a look at. And as I said, I don't mind sprinkling in a little bit of the money line. Uh, Falcons are favored, but Cowboys, uh, Giants, and Jets, you know, I, I don't mind taking the money lines there. And if one of them hits, you paid for the other two, If they, even if they don't. Every, every year in the NFL, we get one of those weird weeks, and I don't think it's really happened yet, where there's survivor carnage where you have two or three teams that are favored by a touchdown or more go ahead and pull off the offset. So maybe that the week nine is going to be that week. All right. It could be, could very well be. Uh, I know I'm getting slaughtered in staff picks right now. I had a horrible week last week, so maybe I need to be a little bit more contrarian. Yeah, no, I've been doing it. As I said, I'm contrarian by nature. I've been doing just as bad. I don't. I didn't even go and look to see how I did last week. I just know it was bad. The week before was bad. So hoping to turn this thing around. I think I'm back at 500. Yeah, yeah I think I'm 4-4 four and four for best bets. I did really well with that last year. I think I ended up going – uh, 12 and what was it? 12 and five. I want to say something like that. Um, so I, that was kind of, uh, good enough for me that I did so well there. Even if I think I finished only like a couple games over 500 for overall for the picks, but I always tell people like, go out and try this yourself. It's much, much harder than you think to have to pick each and every game. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Every game is the factor is the big factor about that too. When you have to pick them all, it makes it a lot trickier. Uh, so, uh, uh, and I'm just on a negative roll right now. I, you know, I, I've done well in previous years, but I'm just I'm I'm slow to adjust. Maybe I think you brought this up a couple of weeks ago in your comment that you know home field we're not getting necessarily right. Yeah, yeah, um, because you don't have that crowd influence, and we know in places like here in Buffalo, places like Seattle. We know what a big impact that that can have. Um, and, you know, have we adjusted for that? Because this is almost like playing on, I would think that this is leaning more towards playing on a neutral field than a true home field advantage. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they have any data about that once the year's done and, and some Vegas people will take a look at some of the numbers as far as that goes. Yeah. All right. Well, Kev, this has been fun. I want to uh, thank you for joining uh, me today, jumping on with this. Uh, and uh, thanks for doing all you do for us for so long. Okay, thanks for having me on, Jeff. You bet. Kevin Payne, everybody. We got tomorrow, we got John McKegney and Mario Puig uh, hosting the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review. We thank you for your listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.